it's time to raise the roof for our i don't even know what episode this is of spring training i'm just not even gonna try to do it anymore <laughs> we're but calling we're it episode 69 no it's nice. not episode 69 nice. I, think, I think episode nice. five of spring training for this uh it's gonna be a good time we have a lot of things to talk about tyler glass now introduced his slaughter uh which yeah i mean call it a slider call it whatever the hell you want but that's what he calls that's it. that's why it should be episode 69 yeah that's why it should be yeah exactly <laughs> it's a nice pitch yeah exactly <laughs> it's a very good pitch uh we have we have that to talk about we have uh we just introduced our own march madness thing we might talk a little bit march madness because that uh as of this recording i think that try to put it out by thursday which will be the first four um so i know that gibby's going to be watching those first four games because he's a michigan state fan uh along with being a usf fan so uh go green for you even though i, I hate saying go that. green year round all 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 <laughs> the time it's even my st- high school was green it's kind of crazy <laughs> it's also st patrick's day uh when um oh yeah when we're recording this so literally go green but uh uh, uh so right now it's me gibby brie i think might join halfway through apparently evan said that he was uh evan's currently down in florida for spring break uh so he uh he he's enjoying himself we're ha- he's having a good time but just to let y'all know none of us are wearing green currently i know yeah, this is an audio podcast but um, i'll <laughs> pinch I'm myself gold Oh, that's yeah. like a Go. secondary uh, yeah. maybe i don't know it's cl- i mean that's the closest thing i guess uh, i don't know but uh, uh our special guest today uh he's currently a contributor writer for uh d-ray's bay and for beyond the box score if you guys follow that on espionation uh brian menendez uh brian how are you welcome to the podcast how's everything going I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here. You guys are doing some good stuff. So I'm uh, glad you guys, yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, invited me to be on. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We're we're really enjoying it. Obviously, spring training is going on. Uh, We're trying to enjoy spring training as much as we can right now. I know today's game was way too long. I think it was like almost four hours, which, you know, for like a normal regular season game is fine. But like for spring training, it's that little bit too long, especially once it goes nine innings. But uh, for the game today that anyone, um, for anyone that's that's listening, it was Rays Pirates. uh, Glass now, Tyler Glass now was on the mat. It was also announced today that Tyler Glass now is going to be the opening day starter for the race. So that's exciting news. Uh, yes, he's going to be starting opening day April 1 down in Miami. But how did everyone think about Glass now's outing today? Obviously, he debuted the slutter, which is his supposed slider cutter combo. Uh, we saw that along, you know, added into his pitch arsenal. How did everyone feel about his outing? Uh, it looked looked good to me. The movement on the pitch was really good. Uh, I like the separation of velocity between the fastball and the curveball. I mean, so long as he can command it, he, I mean, he threw a couple of really good ones, but command on the pitch was a little bit spotty. It's, it's not a pitch that you want to leave up because when you leave it up like that, it's just, it's just like a, a slow, just cement mixer type of pitch. So he really needs to just really command it. And I hope that between now and the rest of spring training that he can really harness that. Otherwise, you know, if, if he can't get a grasp on the command, I wouldn't be surprised if once the season comes, he, you know, he throws it sparingly or, you know, ditches it entirely. But um, I really like what I've seen from glass now so far. Uh, he gave a few runs today. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but in like in 2019, uh, he got absolutely torched in spring training. Like every single outing, he just got rocked. He was trying like that that weird pause hitch in his delivery type of thing, and it just didn't work. Um, and he was one of the best pitchers in baseball until up until he got hurt. So I'm not worried about the stats right now. I I hope he gains really good command because I mean, like you saw in some of the the gifs and some of the short videos that were on Twitter. Man, when he when he puts it in that you know that that low and away spot or low and into lefties, mm-hmm. it's just it's just an unfair pitch. Absolutely unfair. Yeah, it's definitely very um, unfair to to left-handed hitters um, when it comes in like that. But 
Uh, I think one of them got a hold. I forgot who who hit that homer off of him. One of them got a. I'm not sure if it was the pitch. I think it was just a fastball in, but he got a hold of it. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what that pitch was and was able to get it out of the park there. But other than that, he had a very good outing. Um, and as he continues to develop that, if it gets down in that corner and it's if it looks like a fast, if it continues to look like a fastball halfway through its motion, like it like it has when he throws it right they're gonna swing at that all day and then it's just gonna drop out of nowhere right perfectly for for like left handies and even it'll even work on right-handed hitters too so it, it's a it's a great pitch and i'm excited that he has a, another pitch in his arsenal i think it's four now because he threw like a one percent change up or something he throws uh, about he throws about five change ups a year so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they're there but he never uses them yeah I, so basically a two-pitch pitcher now yeah. now kind of a three-pitch guy so it's i really hope nice. he becomes a three-pitch pitcher but i was i mean i think he had i think what what did he pitch like somewhere between um four to five innings today and i think he threw a lot i mean he, he threw a lot of pitches like that's my one big concern which brian you talked about earlier which is that his his control is still not there from what i've seen and i don't know if i mean like when he was really really good at the start of 2019 i'm assuming that his control was fine but i don't know where it's gone since then and I don't know if it was a problem once he got hurt. I don't know if he then lost control as a result of it. But he doesn't seem like he still found that control. And the slutter looked really, really good. It like it from what from what I saw, he really commanded it well in that bottom part of the zone, Brian, like you were talking about earlier. And he really hit his spots there really, really well. It looked it looked absolutely deadly when he when he threw it. I know that one A B with uh with Cole Tucker, he buckled him on the pitch and Tucker didn't didn't uh you know, didn't take the bait and swing. It, it it probably was a strike. The umpire just didn't call it a strike. It definitely looked like it hit the inside corner. But I mean, if he can get that thing working and get the 12-6 curveball working as he normally is, and then locate his fastball towards those corners of the plate, he's going to be really, really good. It's just the problem is, is that I don't think that he's found that yet. He threw, I mean, I think he had like seven or eight strikeouts in the game uh, on Wednesday, but it just still concerns me that he hasn't found that control yet. And I, I hope it's just a spring training thing right now because i think he can regain it i just don't know when he's going to yeah the the, the thing the thing you have to understand with glass now is that he's he's always going to get a lot of swings and misses just because the nature of his stuff he's never really been a big command guy i don't think that he really is going to be he's really more of just like a grip it and rip it type of pitcher he's going to work his fastball up in the zone he just needs to command his breaking pitches down in the zone when he can't command his breaking pitches down in the zone that's when he really runs into trouble because then he can't tunnel his pitches right so Gibby you were talking about like he has to make his pitches look the same before a hitter like makes a decision like that's that's basically what tunneling is so mm -hmm. if he can't command the fastball high and the off speed low that really kind of takes those weapons away from him because yeah I mean that that's really that's really what he kind of depends on I'm not really worried about him like pitching to the outside corner or pitching to the inside corner that's really mm -hmm. not the type of pitcher he is but he really needs to be able to command those pitches north and south if he can't do that then that that takes away his deception and even as good as his stuff is you know if if a guy's not commanding 
changing his pitches, if he's not moving north south, mm-hmm. you know, his pitches are going to look different coming out of his hand and hitters can, can sit on that no matter how good, you know, his pitches are in, individually. Right. Definitely. His curveball looked really good today too. I mean, his as always did look good. I, yeah. I think every, it also helps. Every, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're uh, de- definitely all, all of his pitches look good today in certain spots, but a lot, a lot of his pitches also didn't look good today yeah, in certain true. spots. So you, you, you hope that between now and then, and like I said, he'll find it. Like I said, in 28 or 2019, he got rocked every single appearance. Like he can go back. He like, he just didn't look good. And then, you know, for the first half of the season, first two months, whatever it was, you know, he was, he was, he was in the Cy Young conversation. I know like he ended up getting hurt and I think only, he only ended up pitching like 70 something innings in 2019, but he was so good. Like you knew he was going out there. It was going to be six innings and one run and 10 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he can bring something something like that back in 2020, or at least shades of what, or in 2021, at least shades of what he did of 2019, because the Rays could really use that. Because right now they're really, uh, I feel like they're really going to be relying on him as that number one starter. Obviously, with with him getting the opening day nod, I think that that's a real indication that they're going to be relying on him as the number one guy. And if he can show what he did at the start of 2019 going into this season, I think that'll be really really helpful. I also wanted to talk about um, so. Austin Meadows had another home run today. He's looked really, really good so far this spring. I'm really liking what I'm seeing about him because obviously the Austin Meadows that the Rays got and that we got to see in 2020 was an Austin Meadows that dealt with COVID at the start of the season. It sidelined him for a little bit and then he never really regained his form throughout the season. And so far in the spring, he's looked really, really good. Do you guys think that this success is going to carry on through the season? Do you think that what you've seen so far is going to be, um, you know, is going to hopefully translate into positive things? I certainly do think it will because, I mean, he's an all-star type player. He's a talented guy. And, you know, last season, he just got off his game completely with COVID. Like, it just it just really messed up his whole entire season. So, you know, he's he's got some animosity built up about that you know he's probably heard some heard some comments here and there about about how he's done you know he probably he he probably uses that as fuel and i i don't imagine him having another bad season after what we've been seeing him do in the spring in, in spring training even though it is spring training um i i can see him high 200s maybe even a 300 hitter this this next season like i i i got high stocks on on austin meadows right now like yeah, that. I'm I'm definitely buying it too. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he dealt with COVID in 2020, and like, I, I mean, honestly, like when when he showed up back back into play, like he just didn't look physically in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, one of the things that he like he was really talking about, and what's been written about him is that like he just looks great. Uh, he's slimmed down a little bit. And yeah, I mean, his, his bat speed just looks tremendous. I mean, I don't think he's going to be hitting home runs at this rate in, in the, in the regular season, but yeah, I mean, 20, 2019, he had a 140 WRC plus, you know, I, th- I think that's what, you know, it, it, it's hard to say that's what he's going to be because that's just, that's really good. Like that's elite, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, I, you know, he's, he's, he's an all-star caliber player. I mean, the, the, the defense is still suspect, but I mean, I don't care if you're going to hit like that, whatever, you can just stand in left field, and not do anything. But uh, I, I mean, I, I was, I was skeptical definitely coming into this season because he, I mean, he just did not look good at any point yeah. at any point in 2019 or, or, or in 2020, excuse me. He just didn't look good, but uh, he's looking good right now. I mean, he's, he's made a believer out of me. So 
Yeah, I think that he's, I mean, there's that, uh, I think I was listening to a Cespedes family barbecue, their, their, their podcast and episode where they were talking about how, especially in spring training, there's a lot of guys where they say like, I'm in the best shape of my, of my baseball career. I'm in the best shape yeah. of my life. That's like a big thing that happens. And I really do think, I mean, if he's lost that weight and, and he looked as sluggish as he did in the 2020 season and somehow the Rays were still good enough as an offense to muster a team together that could get them to the world series, then clearly a healthy Austin Meadows who's lost some weight who's slimmed down who looks like his bat speed is there should be the Austin Meadows that will be an all-star again and then the Rays offense will be that much better than what it was in 2020 hopefully hopefully hopefully. I don't don't, like how much better do you guys think that the Rays offense will be just on all cylinders clicking if they get it if they have um, a healthy Austin Meadows throughout the season and a dominant Austin Meadows like they saw in 2019 I mean this was a really good offense largely without Austin Meadows last year. And um, I mean, it wasn't like top three or top five in the league, but it was, I mean, it was top half, top 10. And yeah, like I said, largely without Austin Meadows, um, really without the power of Yandy Diaz. I know he put, he like collectively, he had a pretty good season, but I mean, he really didn't have any power. You know, G-Man Choi, was pretty much a league average hitter. We know, we know Mike Zunino is basically a black hole in the lineup, but yeah, I mean, I think this, this lineup projects to be pretty good as it is the way they're going to mix and match. I think the industry thinks that Yoshi's going to take a big step forward. Because despite just about hitting, to say something about Yoshi too. Yeah, d- despite hitting 190 or whatever it was, he's still, you know, in the aggregate was a league average hitter. If you look at, you know, his on-base percentage mm-hmm. and his slugging, um, this offense is going to be really good. I mean, it's not going to – it doesn't have the names. that have Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton or, you know, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but it's got guys who are going to hit right-handed pitching when a right-handed pitcher is pitching, and it's going to hit left-handed pitching when a left-handed pitcher is pitching. So, like I said, it, it, it's not going to have the guys that are going to, you know, look at their fans grass page you're gonna go whoa the race have that guy but you know on any given night this team this this team's gonna hit for sure do we think as a result that it's gonna be three four five in the lineup it's like either you know a combination uh, at least in my mind, I think it would be a combination of Lau, Arozarena, and Meadows being in that spot. Is that something mm-hmm. that we should look forward to this season? Like, 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 so, is that a probable three, four, five combo? So, I actually think the Razor, the Razor hitting Austin Meadows lead off a lot in the spring. I think that's something that might continue. At least he gets right-handed pitching. I think Brandon Lau is probably going to hit two. I think where Randy Arozarena hits depends on how he starts the season. I would expect him to probably start in the four hole. And if he gets off to a rock and start and he proves that he actually is the person we saw in the playoffs last year, he might force himself into the two hole. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a real possibility because I I mean, I think, I think we have to temper our expectations with Randy Rosarena a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think as he is now, I think he's probably a solid four or five hitter. I think he could force the issue and become the number two hole hitter, especially against left-handed pitching if he really does mash. Mm-hmm. But I think the best the best lineup right now is going to be uh, Meadows one, Lau two, and then depending on the pitcher, could be anybody from Choi or Diaz or even Brasso three. And like I said, probably right now I like a Rosarena fourth, but he, I mean, if he starts out really hot, he could force the issue. Like I said, he could be the permanent number two hole guy. Here's the thing about a Rosarena. A Rosarena is really good at, at just taking a walk. I feel like he can, he can just get, he's good at that. Just getting on base and like being able to just know when pitches are out of the zone or in the zone. He just, he just has that ability. I think him as a, like you're saying, as like a number two, 
And that would be great because if you have Austin Meadows getting on base and you have a Rosarena taking a walk or getting Austin home or getting Austin a third, and then you have like Brandon Lau third or just any any number one of our clutch guys, it's a it's a deadly offense. I really think because if you have if you ha- if you just have that contribution now from Meadows and you add that to to this offense, it's just. It's it it's it, I think it's going to take a a way it's going to be a way better offense than it was in 2020 and with the with with Sasugo he didn't really have much time to adjust last year because you know he's coming from Japan where like that's the only baseball he's known his whole life and that's really hard to adjust to in in a shortened spring training season when you only have like I don't know they only had like four weeks to get back up and do what they were doing and then he still hit 190 and he still had some clutch hitting and so i'm really looking forward to what he does next season too yeah. so this offense is looking good to me yeah yeah definitely for sure here i'm gonna all right well uh brie just joined in so quickly brie how you doing good how are you doing pretty good uh so i'm sure that you probably got a chance to check out the Rays game today or the Rays game on wednesday against the pirates and you got to see uh tyler glass now uh, introduce his slaughter to the world uh what was your what was your first takes opinions about it this is a family show <laughs> <laughs> big fan big fan i can only watch the first inning before i had to go to class but i watched some of the replays and what he did to his dear friend colt tucker was just brutal oh yeah that was that was tough <laughs> Are they are they still friends after today? He made a fighter for do we, him. Do we so think they're still okay. friends? I, I think know. it's okay. He made a fighter for them. Cole Wait, Tuck- was the fire post game? Was the fire post game? Uh, it was probably like a little bit before or something. It was like 30, 13 minutes after the game. Oh. So, I doubt. <laughs> well, but they left him like the fifth inning though. Oh, true. Yeah, that was a yeah that was a big thing for those that don't know. Uh, one of our team members, Joe uh, Joey Joseph, uh, I don't know how he wants to be named here, but uh, he went to the game. And uh, so, if you don't know, Cole Tucker is currently dating Vanessa Hudgens, who's like uh, you know she's uh, she's Gabriella in High School Musical, among other things. And took a photo with her, which I think is funny. Um, and then I made a dumb joke on the on the Twitter account, which I thought was really good. It was a good joke. <laughs> I was so happy about the joke, but. Uh, Brie, I also wanted to wait. Give me a second. I also wanted to talk to you about the um, about Austin Meadows because he had an, he had another home run today. He's looked really really good so far this spring. What are your thoughts about him? Well, it is spring training, so I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But I mean, he looks really good. I mean, last year he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and I know he was having some some issues, but it seems like he really put in the work this off season. He's ready to go. And if Austin Meadows is hitting the way we know Austin Meadows can, then uh, it's going to be a good year for us. I hope so. I I hope it's going to be good. I I think, like, I mean, signs are pointing to positive things with Meadows, definitely. And um, I'm I'm hoping only the best from that. Uh, Another thing that I'm hoping the best from for is uh, is, uh, March Madness, which is coming up. The NCAA tournament, for those that don't know, the bracket has been revealed uh, we will be getting, uh, luckily we'll be getting the tournament this year for the first time in two years, which is really, really nice. I know that two of our teams are currently, or, I mean, there's only three universities represented here, but two of the three are currently in the tournament. All right, actually all three, if you want to consider the women's tournament, uh, USF's also in the women's and tournament. And we do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 I, 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 hey. no, 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 no. Hey, Gibby, it's okay. Yo, respect on the women's tournament because I want Maryland to do really well because they're a two seed. But all three of our universities are represented in both the men's and women's tournaments. Uh, how is everyone feeling about their respective teams? Uh, how, who do you think? Do we have any, do we have any quick favorites on who's going to win it all this year? I know we don't have to spend Tampa. That much 
Tampa has been pretty OP in tournaments this year. Just saying. So I'm going USF all the way. USF Women's um, 2021 National Basketball Champs for Women's Basketball. That's my take. I'm completely useless in this discussion, so I will concede to whatever you guys have to say. Okay, he's with me. He's from USF, so Brian's with me. I am also useless in this discussion, but, you know, as a Gator fan, we've choked a lot this year in, like, every single different sport. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, like, since we're not ranked that highly, maybe it'll be like a reverse sleeper. Anti choke. I won't be a sleeper, yeah. And Aiden agrees with me. And I know Aiden says, I, I always tell Aiden he has terrible takes, but I like that one, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm in a weird place. So the women's team with Maryland, I'm completely fine with, and they should, I, I hope they make it to the final four, but they're going to have a tough task uh, if they end up getting to the Elite Eight and play, I guess it's NC State or whoever they're playing. Um, but the problem with the men's team is that it's not the team that they're playing. They're playing UConn. But the problem is, is that so all of the games for the men's tournament are currently in Indiana. And the game that Maryland's playing at is at Purdue Stadium. And Maryland has terrible luck when it comes to playing at Purdue. And that stadium, that arena just gives me horrors. So I'm just feeling like they're going to lose. <laughs> or don't you do it. Yeah, I really hope. I really hope it's per don't instead of Purdue, but honestly, it's Maryland. I'm surprised that they got here, so might as well enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Keep the positivity going, but it's, I mean, it is what it is, but uh, we here at Raise the Roof decided to do our own little March Madness tournament. Instead of having uh, college basketball teams, we are doing the best raised jerseys of all time, so we picked 16 uh, raised jerseys over the course of the history of this franchise, and we've put them up against each other. Um, for those that don't know, you can just check out our Twitter account at Raise the Roof TV, and you'll be able to see the bracket. You'll be able to see what the jerseys look like if you don't remember them before, and uh, we can do all that. But does anyone have any um, current favorites as to what raised jersey is going to be the best raised jersey of all time? 98 2000 black alternate all the way. Yeah, that's, that's why I think. alternate. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even. It's not even that close. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just look at this. Is, this is an audio podcast, but if you, but if you look on your screen right yeah. now, everybody, um, everybody, look at what I was just pointing to. Brian, there's a TV in his background that has the gradient, <laughs> that has the devil rays gradient, and it's pretty swaggy. Yeah, so you're going, I, I, so I you're totally going with black that. instead of the white, then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not the '98 alts, yeah. I just said Great. swaggy in 2021. Can you cut that? No. Okay. <laughs> Leave that in. Play we'll it twice, going. actually. I'll play it twice. Anyway, Bree, Bree, what, what's your, uh, who do you think is going to take it? I think the black one's going to take it. I do like the white one a little more, but I don't know. I also, I love the Columbia Blues. I know it's kind of a. Oh, the Columbia oh, yeah. Blues are I, so I, nice. I did vote for the Columbia Blues. In the yeah, the Columbia Blues are really nice. I'm a big fan of those. I So mine is the probably the one that's not going to win, but I don't care. It's the turn ahead, the clock jerseys, because I everyone I hates those. those. Everyone hates those jerseys because they're just a, a time in baseball that everyone wants to forget. But I absolutely love that Major League Baseball was like, this is so stupid. We're just going to go as hard as we can into this. And I love how weird they are. There's just like, there's like something as to like, this is like pure 90s, like, like, like they're just going 110% into this. And I actually like what, I mean, I don't know if I like like the way that like the, the, the shoulders look, cause it looks weird, but like the actual, like, like the rays on the Jersey doesn't look too bad. And I really like that. I think that's, it's, it's different, which is why I like it. We talk about See, the- saying that reminds me of a 
a video that just came out, a sequence of Trevor Plouffe of him hitting his first home run, and he's wearing um, the Minnesota Twins long sleeve um, throwback <laughs> with the baggy pants, and that's that's literally the uniform he hit his home run in, first home run in, so it's kind of crazy. Although, I, is- I will say one more thing. I do have a soft spot in my heart for the, the 05 to 07 uh, green alternates. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That uniform in general, especially with the vest, it takes me back to uh, – I, I like when I when I lived in Tampa, like I grew up in Tampa, like I was going to Rays games since '98. For for a for a good time, Rocco Baldelli was my favorite player, and uh, those those green jerseys, the 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 white and the green with the 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 vest, those those have a special place in my heart. They do. I don't like those. Um, I like, v, like v underrated. I yeah, I think it's an underrated. I just don't like. I don't like how they went like dark dark green. I just don't like that. It doesn't look good. At least in my opinion. <laughs> But like, I mean, like I like you're you're not the first person, Brian, who's like said that they really like those jerseys, which is like I guess a lot more people like them than I thought. I don't know. <laughs> I I they I remind me that that was like when I was like really young watching the race. So they remind me of like when I was like really young. That was when I, when I actually like first start remembering watching the race because I didn't really you know I was born like yeah, ninety eight. Take, take you so. back to. Rocco Baldelli and Scott Casimir mm-hmm. leading the American League in strikeouts and Lou Pinella managing the team. Oh man, good times. Good times. Good times. Lou Pinella, homo. Yeah, Lou Pinella was managed the Rays. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. He got them to, I think they had the most wins in franchise history. They had 70. That yeah. was like a huge deal. It's like, oh, we got to 70. Oh my God. And then obviously things have gotten significantly better since then. Oh, wait, sorry, Bree jerseys in that bracket are the players weekend ones the all white yeah i was just like yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask about the worst ones well which ones are worse those that that jersey should have had to play its way into the bracket (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe it should against like a Braves jersey (laughs) i didn't even realize it but like the 17 and 18 players weekend jerseys are the same exact jersey they just had a different hat I didn't yeah, because they're lazy, dude. That was like, oh. I like to have fun. We're we'll make them black and white. That's a smart idea. No, 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 no. The two ones before then, the ones that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, literally the same jersey. They just had a different hat each year. Oh, but, those okay, ones. Are which good. one is worse? Because people don't like the faux back jerseys. Which one is worse? Nineteen players weekend or either of the faux back jerseys? Players weekend for me. Players weekend's the worst. Players weekend. Yeah, players weekend. Are you talking about the turn back the clock? Because I actually like those jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ones. People have their opinions about the turn back the clock ones. Yeah, the 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 '70s ones are kind of dope. Actually, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. If only. <laughs> I think the '80s ones look just like the players weekend jerseys from '17 and '18. They have like almost a similar design, and even like all these things are coming together in my head as I actually looked at the jerseys. But the night, like when I saw those players weekend jerseys in 2019, I was like yep baseball ruined it they had a great thing going yep. and they just they just squashed it they it's squashed awful. it hard but i mean what are you gonna do but so i guess we have our predictions uh please vote um on our twitter uh again all of the photos of all of the uniforms are there uh the voting is under the thread of our pinned tweet on our twitter account so make sure you follow us and make sure that you vote uh our voting started today uh this is wednesday that it started and voting will be going until friday so we're going to release this in, uh before then so voting is going on until friday so you guys have until friday to vote on these uh and we hope that you guys vote and we can't wait to do this and then the quarterfinals the semifinals finals all that stuff will come uh later but it should be it, it should be a very good time i hope everyone votes and 
And yeah, raise, raise the madness. Our first raise, our first March Madness style bracket is coming up. But Brian, uh, uh, we have some questions for you just about what, you know, like your, your, I guess your story as a Rays fan, what you got going on with the Rays Bay, beyond the box score, all that stuff. So let's start off with the beginning. How did you first get involved with the Rays? You said you grew up in Tampa. Is that just, was it as simple as you were just in the area and, and then the Rays, you know, became a thing and then that was the team? Well, so I, yeah, I was born and raised in Tampa. Um, my, my dad raised me to be a big baseball fan. I originally grew up, I was born in 89. So there's, there's a good nine year gap before uh, the race came to town. So uh, my dad is actually here and actually raised me a Dodger fan, but don't worry, I've given that up. So yeah. Uh, in 1997, I was actually at the, the expansion draft at uh, back then it was uh, Al Lang. I'm sure people still call it that, but uh, I don't, I don't know if it's still called that. I, I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I went to the expansion draft. They had the, the big jumbotron on the, on the field and, yeah, I remember it was like a big thing. And uh, I didn't go to the, the, the first game. My dad did, but he took me to the second game, which I <laughs> that's kind of rude of him. But whatever. I still I'm still mad at him for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I went to games growing up. Like I said, I mean, Rocco Badelli was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, I mean, every every era I was there. Uh, some some like some weird moments I was in attendance for were um, the day that Gerald Williams charged Pedro Martinez on the mound and there was like a big fight. I was there for that. I was there for the first playoff game. Yeah. I mean, I was there for a lot of just like rate, just like weird historic moments. Uh, there was one game. So if you look at Evan Longoria's baseball reference page, he played shortstop once in his career. I was at that game. It was, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, yeah, he played shortstop for one game. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what happened, but Willie Ibar, was starting at shortstop and it was in the top of the first. So when they took the field, Willie Ibar was at shortstop and Evan Longo was at third base. And like, I like the, uh, they took the field and like, they were like talking the two of them. And then they just switched and Evan Longo played shortstop and Willie Ibar played third base. And they just stayed that way. The entire game, he played shortstop the entire game. The one game Evan Longoria played shortstop the entire career, I was there for it. Talk about probably, the shift. Probably, That's the, weirdest, shift probably the weirdest moment. Yeah. <laughs> that is so strange. Hey, you want to switch? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just, just want to switch. And then I, Joe Madden had nothing to say about it. So how often were you going to games uh, growing up? And then, um, uh, well, like, I guess just how often in general were you going to games? Uh, I mean, I went to probably at least five a year. Um, and then, um, I, I mean, I don't live in Tampa anymore. I live in Atlanta now, but I lived in Tampa up until 2011 when I graduated from USF and yeah, I mean, I was going to easily five games a year from 98 to 2011. And when I'm in town and the Rays are playing, I, I try and catch a game. Most recently I went to a game in 2017. I'm probably misremembering that, but that's, that's what my memory is telling me right now. Um, but I, I mean, I watch every game, every game I can since I have to, you know, cover the team and people seem to care about my opinion so <laughs> gosh I, I, i'd hope yeah <laughs> so so since since 2011 um because i do want to talk about 08 but since 2011 uh once you ended up going to well i assume that you went to atlanta in 2011 correct well after, no after I, I lived i lived in new york city for six years and okay. then uh i lived in memphis tennessee for a year and then i moved to atlanta about two years ago Okay, mm. so how was um? Uh, I'm guessing did did you go to a lot of Yankees games over uh, at the new Yankee Stadium? I did. I I went to quite a few Yankees games. I actually i I tried to catch I tried to catch as many uh, Rays games as I could when they came up to play the Yankees. 
another fun thing I was in attendance for uh, the series where they played. Oh my God. Who did they play? It was, it was when they were displaced by one, like one of the hurricanes and they played home games at oh, City, they played Field. At City Field. I think yeah. it was against the Yankees. No, I, I think it was against the Yankees. Yeah. They played, they played at City Field, but the Rays were the home team and it was completely uh it was it was a complete like mind game because like all of the like the rays graphics like home graphics were on like the mets screens in city field so it was like like the 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 graphics package was as if you were at Tropicana field but you were at city field it was complete it was completely crazy yeah so it's like what they did this year in like san diego when like they're when yes exactly okay yes exactly like that yeah that's neat. The New York Rays, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so doesn't have a ring. Does not what, have a ring. No, it doesn't. What city have you enjoyed most when it comes to baseball since leaving Tampa? Because I will include Memphis in there because they do have the Memphis Redbirds. The, so the Memphis Redbirds was actually uh, the Memphis Redbirds. Sorry, I don't, I don't know what happened there. But I, I had never, I had never experienced minor league baseball before then. It's actually a lot of fun. I mean like the tickets were like $10, like the, the beer's a lot cheaper. Like if I had nothing to do and the Redbirds were playing at like one o'clock, I just drive downtown and watch a game. And it was like very, very low commitment. I actually got the chance to watch Randy Rosarena play a few games actually. Cause they were the, Ooh. that's the, that's the Cardinals AAA affiliate, the, uh, mm. the Memphis Redbirds. So that was a lot of fun. Um, he wasn't anywhere near the prospect that he is now. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it, it was fun to, you know, when we, when we got him in that trade, I was like, Hey, I, I know that guy. But as far as like my as far as like my favorite um, city field, city field is awesome. I love city field. That's mm-hmm. probably one of my one of my favorite favorite baseball stadiums. Mm-hmm. How how's uh, how's um, uh, it, uh, sorry how's Atlanta when it comes to baseball? Because I'm sure so you've only been there for the last two years, which means that you never got. Uh, I don't know if you ever got to experience Turner Field, uh, but I mean now it's Truist slash SunTrust Park, whatever. I mean Truist Park now, but. Uh, how is how has it been there going to games? I've been to a couple. It's 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 pretty awesome. I think it, it gets a bad rap. It doesn't look good on TV, but it's uh it's better in person. I probably still wouldn't put it up with like Camden Yards or like City Field. Like I said, you know, I love City Field, but it's definitely it's definitely a lot nicer than people think. And there's a lot of like there's a lot of like nice retail and uh, like restaurants and bars and stuff to do like right outside the stadium. So like you can get there two hours early and have a drink, and then like you can stay after and like have another drink, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a good experience. Like it, it's a good like before experience. It's a good in game experience. It's a good after the game experience. It's really like it's it's the whole package. The stadium itself is really nice too. Yeah, Braves team is. Really... So I, I'm hoping I to catch. I, I know. I know the. I know the Rays come to town this year, so I'm, mm. I'm hoping to to catch that series. I was wondering since um your your memory is basically all encompassing um of <laughs> of the entire franchise. These actually, these things are actually just coming to me. As yeah, I'm, yeah. As I'm talking, so I have, so you, I have no, I have nothing written is, down. This is how we rejog your memory. We just so since yeah, exactly, exactly. Since you have basically the full memory of of the race <laughs> franchise basically you, you've experienced m- most of it what is like one of the most what's like one of your most rewarding like uh mo- one of the most rewarding moments of being like a race fan or just like something you oh, got to do because like, well I, I wasn't in attendance for it but easily game 162 that mm. i mean that was like i i can't think of a better memory like i was living in new york 
And um, I don't remember, like, I, I think I was, I think I was like just getting off work and um, I thought the game was over and I was just like, you know what, let me, let me just for kicks. Let me just like, I just ducked into a bar and uh, it wasn't even a bar. Like they had the game on, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a baseball crowd. And I was like going absolutely nuts in this place. And everybody was just like, looking at me like I was an idiot because they were just like, are you, are you okay? Like that's, you're not rooting for the Yankees. I'm just like, I, I know, just leave me alone. <laughs> Get out of here. He's, he's just vibing. You, you're just, you're yeah. just vibing in the bar. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, what the hell's going on with this dude? Yeah. That's incredible. That's so I See, it's so fun to ask everyone about, because like we've, I mean, we've asked so many people. I mean, Bree here, Bree went to game 162. Um, oh, so man. She, so she got to experience it. And like, we've asked so Did many you, people. Hold on, hold on. Did you stay the whole time? Uh, <laughs> got it okay i was with my mom and I was, I was with my friend too and my friend and her dad left because they were like it's a school night whatever they left and we were down 7-0 so i was like no we're gonna win this game i don't know how i was like we're gonna win i i can feel it i know we are and so we stayed i saw the dan john i this is the worst part i saw the dan johnson home run so i was there when it was we were going to extras somewhere between that happening and the walk-off my mom made me leave and i remember oh, i i was in the parking lot of the stadium and i heard everyone cheer i was like what is that <laughs> <laughs> and so i guess that's when the orioles won and then we were in the car so we heard the radio call but yeah i mean i didn't get the walk-off but i got the dan johnson home run so yeah counts I can't believe that she made me leave when we were tied in extra innings. This is just like the the podcast. I think yeah, sorry, sorry, I brought that thing. up. <laughs> it's just it's just gonna be a reoccurring thing. Just just getting angry at Bree's mom for having her leave. <laughs> Thanks, That's mom. That's gonna be just. I'm so sorry, Bree. <laughs> That, that that's all this is going to be i mean i think that the, i'm trying to think i mean i think i said this before but like coolest moment i've seen at a game was when um uh eric kratz and freddie galvis hit back-to-back home runs solo home runs to walk off off uh to walk off her oldest chapman and 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 the phillies beat the reds just like think about those two guys hitting back-to-back home runs <laughs> to beat a oldest chapman <laughs> like they're so bad chapman like I would like to see his numbers for blowing. It's, it's so funny. Like, I mean, I know he's a great closer, but like, just spots he blows them. He's given up some home runs to guys who aren't like big names. I mean, Rajay Davis, Rousseau, uh, I mean, Kratz and Galvis. Like, like Galvis got yeah. caught. Jose Altuve, game. scrubs, dude. <laughs> scrubs. I think I think Galvis got 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 caught with PEDs after hitting two thirty. And he got suspended for for PEDs, and he was just so bad. And I just think that's one of the funniest things, just how bad he is. But uh, uh, Brian, how? So when did when did D Ray's Bay come into the mix for you? So I actually started um, I started my own blog called Trop Talk in 2017. I really I still love that name. Just you know, rolls off the tongue. Um, such a good name. So I started, I kind of started doing my own thing. This was like right after the Rays had like traded Evan Longoria and uh, uh, let go Corey Dickerson and traded Steven Souza and Jake Odorizzi and all those guys. And like the, I remember like the, the popular rhetoric, if you will, like, oh, the Rays are tanking. They're going to lose a hundred games and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't buy it. And this is, this is before I really started getting into the sabermetrics and the analytics and all of that. So it was kind of like my own quest to figure out what was going on. 
and it started getting traction. I did my own thing for a year. And then after that season, Danny Russell reached out to me, who's the uh, editor in chief at Deary's Bay. He's like, Hey, do you want to come right for first instead? And I was like, yeah. So I've been doing that ever since this will be, this will be my third season covering, covering the team for D-Rays Bay. Uh, most recently I just got picked up by beyond the box score. So I'm writing for more of a national lens, which is kind of fun too. It's something I haven't really um, done up until now. So lots of fun, lots, a uh, lot of fun too, but yeah, being able to cover the team that I've been following for so long, having a voice that people want to listen to is really cool. I never thought that would be a thing that I would ever have. So just having a platform is, is kind of cool. Can you talk a little bit more about Beyond the Box Score? Yeah, so um, Beyond the Box Score, yeah, it, it's like I, like I said, it's it, it's under the SB Nation umbrella. It's kind of like it's kind of like Fangraphs light. We kind of do the same type of well, similar type of uh, uh, of analysis. Uh, a lot of guys who have written for Beyond the Box Score have gone on to places like Fangraphs and Baseball Perspectives and stuff like that. Not to say that I'm going to go down that route because I don't think I'm as good as those people. But it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of, like I said, talk about things from more of a, a, a national lens, mm-hmm. just because, you know, if, if I notice something, so like, for example, I, I tweeted something about like Jordan Hicks's like, uh, 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 like, like arm action and his delivery being different. That's not something I can write on D-Ray's Bay, but you mm-hmm. know, if, if I want to go a little bit deeper about something like that, I have an outlet to do that now with, with beyond the box war. That's not cool. It it keep it lets you be outside the box. You're not boxing yeah, just the rays. Sure. You can any any club. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. That is an amazing opportunity. I mean, I, I I have I have enough to write about when it comes to the rays. That's I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not me. Me writing for Beyond the Box Sword. It's not. It's definitely not me trying to free myself. I, I definitely yeah. have plenty to write about for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you when did you really start getting into sabermetrics and and all of that? Because because you said that with the rays especially, you really started. I guess like more following the team more hardcore once you started writing for D-Rays Bay in 2017. But then on top of that, when did Sabermetrics then become part of the equation? Well, so what really sparked it for me was a Fangrass article by uh, a writer named Jeff Sullivan, who actually works in the race front office yep. now. Love Jeff. Um, He's so good. Uh, well, uh, speaking of Jeff, did you listen to Effectively Wild? I'm sure that you probably listened to the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. So that that was that was around the same time I started listening to Effectively Wild, and the and the article that he wrote was, um, and I don't even know how I ran into it because I had never even heard of Fangraphs at the time. Um, he wrote an article, and this was like right after, like I said, they traded Longoria and Dickerson and Souza and all these guys, and he wrote this article about you know how the Rays had basically in those three guys they traded their three worst four seam fastball hitters. And that was when the league was trending, you know, throwing four seam fastballs, throwing four seam fastballs up, getting a lot of swings and misses. And I read that article and I was like, you know, it was all like publicly available information. Um, and he kind of walked through how he thought of all these metrics. And, uh, and, and for me, I was just like, you know, wow, like these are things that I can look up myself too. So that's when I really kind of tried to really understand a lot of these more, uh, advanced metrics. Most recently, I've kind of carved out my niche talking about like pitching and pitch metrics and pitch movement and uh, mechanics and things like that, which I really enjoy. But yeah, I mean, I, I can talk about like hitters and stuff too. Uh, I, I think for me, like when, like growing up, when I play, like I played in high school, like I was a pitcher myself. So it's just, it comes a little bit more naturally to talk about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, originally I was just like trying to 
you know, get my hands on in, any kind of information and, and advanced stuff that I could. Um, like I said, now I'm just focused a little bit more on the pitching side because that's, that's just like one area where I can kind of really carve out like my own just area or voice or whatever. Um, what, what high school in Tampa did you go to? Cause you grew up in Tampa, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I went to, uh, I went to Alonzo and I went to Gaither. I went to both. Yeah. Oh my God. Not at the same time. <laughs> I'm like the four like rivals right here. Yeah. I'm- Except for me, I'm just like New Jersey boy, just slowly just backing away. What are these high schools? I don't know what these are. What can, can, can you explain to me the? I mean, is the rivalry just because of like location, or is yeah, it like, I think so. Okay. I don't know. So where where did you guys go? I went to Sickles High School, and she went to the ah other, okay the, the fake SHS. I went to Steinbrenner. the Steinbrenner one. Oh, my, uh, my, my younger siblings actually went to Steinbrenner. My, uh, my, my youngest siblings. Yeah. Because we, uh, well, my mom still lives in Lutz. So my older brother and I went to, uh, graduated from Gaither because that was the closest school. But since then Steinbrenner is closer. So my youngest siblings go to Steinbrenner hmm. and Sickles is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Fake SHS. Go Warriors, baby. <laughs> so 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 then it's so then it's all just locational based, right? Yeah. 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 Every 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 high school in, in Tampa is overcrowded. So like there's a new high school like every two or three years. Oh really? Yeah. And oh, then, wow, then I didn't the, know that. there's yeah, there there's a lot of rivalries because all these schools sprout up and then they they take students away from mm-hmm. each other. So Oh well then that makes a lot more sense. We are yeah. all really good at sports in different years. So yeah. Uh, so it all just things just things just rotate in and out it seems like <laughs> yeah essentially okay yeah that's that i mean i know and I, I guess especially in south jersey we just like we just make fun of the private schools because we're just <laughs> like i mean like make new jersey's good with education so it's like why do you got to go to a private school i mean like public education's fine but like no you had to just you're all the private schools are the best at the football yeah I, I know i know it's a different thing in florida but like in new jersey i'm like 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 <laughs> Like, like, why you got to drop 20K a year on a, on a private school? You could just go to a public school. It's not that, I mean, it's just public taxes. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but I guess people want to do their own things, but it is what it is. I wanted to ask, Brian, what is your favorite sabermetric, uh, just like stat? Oh, I just thought of that. No, no one's ever asked me this. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when it comes, when it comes to pitchers specifically, um, I'm a big XFIP guy. XFIP is expected fielding independent pitching. It's really good at telling us how many runs really a pitcher should have given up if we only look at the things that they can control, which is how often they or, or, or put it better way, how well they can limit batted balls. The more batted balls you uh, give up, the more you're susceptible to the random nature of batted balls, which means you could potentially give up more runs, things like that. So XFIP does a really good job of isolating the, the, the one variable, which is like how many strikeouts, how many, how many guys can you strike out? How well can you limit walks? Um, it normalizes how many runs you give up, or sorry, how, how many home runs you give up, because that fluctuates year to year. And it's a really good starting point if you want to try and project how you think a pitcher might do like in the following year or like the second half of the season or something like that. So would you say that XFIP is one of the more like – I don't know, all-encompassing stats to kind of look at when you're analyzing pitching performances? It, yeah, it definitely is. So, yeah, so it, it, it tries to – so it, it reads just like ERA, um, but what it's trying to do is it's trying to, to predict ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's less about, so for example, a stat like OPS plus or WRC plus, um, that's trying to interpret the results that a hitter actually had. Whereas FIP and XFIP are trying to say, this is what the pitcher should have done. And this is what they're likely to do going forward. Like OPS plus and WRC plus are not predictive. They're more descriptive. So that's kind of the difference. FIP and XFIP are a little bit more predictive and they are descriptive as well. So I am super into pitching. So I'm just kind of getting into the advanced sabermetric side of things. So what would you recommend yeah. someone like me would look at that's kind of trying to get into this? It's a new arena. Yeah. So, so the, the first, the first thing is understanding the flaws of the metrics that are widely used and accepted. The first thing I recommend you do is stop looking at a pitcher's win loss record. Uh, I don't know if you're already doing that, but that's, that's a good first step. ERA is not a terrible metric, but it's important to understand the flaws. So the, so first of all, the idea of an earned run is pretty, is pretty arbitrary. Like the, the person who decides whether a run is earned or not is a person who's sitting in the, the score box making a split second decision. You know, if you, if you ask 10 people what an error is, you're going to get 10 different error answers. So you, we shouldn't base uh, a pitcher's value based on a metric that people don't quite understand, uh, if that makes sense. Obviously, we want pitchers who give up less runs than pitchers who give up more runs, um, but we have to understand where runs come from. So ERA being that it's a flawed metric, like I said, it's not completely useless. We want to know how many runs pitchers are giving up, right? But we also want to make sure that we understand the context of that. And FIP and XFIP just do a better job of isolating what a pitcher can control. And that's why they're more useful if we're trying to project future performance. So I think first we have to understand what the flaws are of the, the, the current metrics that people use and understand why metrics like FIP and XFIP um, and even like things like strikeout percentage and expected weight on base, things like that, why those are more useful predictors. Once we do that, then it's actually a lot more simple than people think. Like one of, one of the reasons why, at least for me, I think like um, one of the reasons why it's so hard to get into sabermetrics is that like the barrier of entry is so high. Like if you want to pick up a book on sabermetrics, like it reads like a college text and nobody, nobody has time for that. But if you can walk people through like why this metric is better than this metric, and these are the flaws of these metrics, it, it actually is pretty simple. And that's kind of what got me was once I started to learn, I was like, this actually isn't that hard, you know? I tell my USF teachers that. I just read the textbook all day. Gosh. Gibby, Gibby, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess uh, one, one last thing before we go to some quick hitters before we end this, but uh, the 2020 season for you, what did you going into it? What were you kind of expecting all things considered with, you know, shortened season COVID, all of that. And as the team, you know, as the Rays really started you know, picking things up, becoming a cohesive unit, end up winning the division, going on that playoff run, where did you kind of expect things to end up? And did you expect it to end up being as close as they were in the world series to winning a title? I knew going into the 2020 season that this was probably the best Rays team that I had ever seen. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I like I thought that they were going to be in the World Series because we know that the playoffs are so random and such a crapshoot. And it, it's it's weird because like I think that they were better than I expected, but like also worse than I expected because like like obviously we we like we had guys who played out of their shoes. 
like Brandon Lau was like a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, Willie Adamas had a really good year. Um, but there are also guys like Austin Meadows, um, guys like G-Man Choi, uh, even like, you know, you know, Tyler Glasnow's ERA wasn't great. The, you know, guys, th- there were guys who underperformed. I think this season, if some of those guys take step, steps forward, on paper, this team is not as good as last year. But I think the way that they're going to piece together 27 outs, I think the way that they're going to match and mix and match on a, a per plate appearance and, and per game and per series basis, I wouldn't be surprised if this team performs, you know, as well as they did as they did last year. I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. But I definitely see that pass too. I think that I think that we're all definitely hoping for it. But some quick hitters before we end this question that we always ask everyone: Who is your past, present, and all-time favorite Rays player? Let's see. Uh, I think my my past. I've already answered that question like four times. That's Rocco Baldelli. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be all time too if you want him to be because he, I know he, that... he 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 might be. We're not there yet, but he might okay, be. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I think my current favorite probably has to be Willie Adamas just because of the personality that he brings. Gotta got love that dude. Just the passion he has. Um, he's he's he's, he's must see TV. That dude. I think I mean I think all time I have to go with Evan Longoria. Just so much. Just so many memories that he's given fans and given me, and I have. This this is, again is useless for the audio part, but I'm I'm holding right now. I have a Evan Longoria Game of Thrones giveaway. Oh, that's uh, cool. Man. I have that I have that sitting in my desk. Yeah, so that's so awesome. And, oh, and I have this too. I really have this too. I have the uh, I forget I forget what giveaway this is for, but that's Evan Longoria too. So I have I have two Evan Longoria figurines in my in my home office. So I think that should I think that should give that away. So okay, <laughs> okay, well that's a good answer, definitely for sure. And I don't think that we've heard Rocco yet. I think this is the first time that we've got Rocco mentioned on the pod in terms of favorite race players. So yeah, Rocco, Rocco was my dude, man. Rocco got a lot of a lot of um, audio time today. It was good. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he deserves it. it. He he does deserve it, and I hope that he does. He's still he's still the manager of the Twins, right? Uh, things haven't yeah, changed. Yeah, he's still the manager of the Twins. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well yeah. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be fine. The Twins will be good this year, and he'll continue to be good. In terms of the Trops, so obviously you've you've gone to quite a few games there, not as many recently, but you've still been to a lot. Do you think that the Trop, uh, do you think that the reputation that the Trop gets is deserved? And what is your favorite, I guess, part of 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 Tropicana Field amenity, anything like that? Oh my goodness, the way I the way I explain Tropicana Field to people who have never been there, it's like if you can imagine playing baseball inside of a Home Depot, that's what <laughs> Tropicana Field is like. Um, oh no <laughs> we haven't heard this one yet this is a brand new take yeah oh, uh that's 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 how i just that's how i describe it every time i've never heard anybody else say that so uh i'm gonna put a stamp on that but that's that it does that, have that's the same really like to me but but <laughs> but but i wouldn't trade it i love it i love watching games there i mean i i know what the summer heat is like watching i I can't even, yeah, I, I know that playing baseball in 96 degree heat is terrible. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sit and watch it either in, in 96 degree heat. Yeah, so I, I like I said, seat. you know, tra- tra- Tropicana field, you know, I have my criticisms, criticisms of it, but I wouldn't trade it. I feel that. I feel, I, yeah. Yeah. I think you might have to trademark that home Depot thing. I mean, it'd be <laughs> cool if they just had like the home Depot theme, just like the home Depot dome. <laughs> Yeah, it it would be poetic if Home Depot uh became a race sponsor and had like it's like 
Imagine that. if they just had like the theme playing like faintly in the concourse. <laughs> you get rid of the orange like roof stuff, you know. Like, hey, the like, orange roof would actually work. Yeah, it would work. It yeah, would work. It's, ar- it's already there. That is true. Um, I know that Wander just got reassigned, and we're probably going to talk about this next podcast. But uh, do you think that Wander is getting yes. called this year, despite that? And if so, when? Yes, he's he is going to play for the Rays in 2021. I don't know when. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be in May or April. I, I think it's probably more than likely going to be in August or September, unless he really forces the issue and he just just lights Double A and Triple A on fire. I'm actually it's not too far from Montgomery. I'm I'm like a I think I'm like a four hour drive from Montgomery. So hopefully I can uh, drive worst. down there and catch a game. But he he will play in a Rays uniform in 2021. I am sure of it, and that's based on nothing. Um, but I <laughs> hey, hey, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not, a, I'm not an insider. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he'll play for Rays in 2021. I don't know when or in what capacity if it's going to be at shortstop or at third base or at second i don't know but it's going to be sometime this summer i think he'll play i think he'll play in a raised uniform all right i don't and even care if he's pitching man put him out there just, <laughs> just, as long as he's there that'd be great i'm waiting and, so long and just and go. our last and no, 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 you're and our last thing uh what are your expectations for this team this year what do you you don't have to give them a record but like what are you expecting from from the Rays in 2021 um, I think it's going to be really close, but I think ultimately they finish second in the division because I don't think the Rays care that much to win the division because I think in a one game playoff, there's nobody better than the Tampa Bay Rays. So I don't think they're going to overexert guys to win the division if they have a different path. Um, with that said, I think they're every bit as good as the Yankees and I can see them winning, winning the division. I think the Yankees on paper are a little bit better. I think they're a little bit more top heavy, but I think the Rays have a lot more depth uh, than the Yankees do or the Blue Jays do. I think the Red Sox are better than people think, um, but they're not going to realistically, I don't think they're realistically going to contend. I think they're maybe there. The Red Sox are a 500 to slightly above 500 team who may luck themselves into winning 86 to 88 games. I think the Blue Jays are legit, but not quite there yet. I'm answering way more questions than you asked me. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, you're fine, you're I, fine. I think, yeah. So, so, so the, the Rays, I think finished second division, but like I said, I think it's close. I think it's going to be really close. All right. Why didn't you give us a take on Baltimore? Uh, <laughs> Baltimore has some interesting dudes. I think, uh, yeah, they're really bad right now, but I think. At least coming once, up, calling it. So, so, so the, 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 the Orioles, they're bad right now, but when it happens, it's going to happen fast. I that's, believe it. That's that's my take on the Orioles. It's going to happen very fast. I have a soft spot for the Orioles, and I also love Adley. And yeah, he's going to be so good. That's all yeah. I'm going to say is he's going to be really, really good. Uh, but Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. If people yeah. can find, uh, like, where can people find you on social media? Where can people find what you're doing? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can either search Brian Talks Baseball or my Twitter handles at Brian Talks BSB. Brian Talks Baseball is too many characters; they wouldn't let me do it. But yeah, you can, uh, you can catch, yeah, you can catch me on uh, D-Rays Bay. We're doing season previews. Um, I'm also doing team previews on beyond the box score. 
but yeah, this was, this was a good time. I hope to do it again. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah, definitely. We're going to get you on. We're going to get you on hopefully during the season, but thank you so much, Brian, again, for coming on and for everyone listening. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope you've enjoyed all that we're doing on this podcast and everything that we're doing at the Razor Roof Network. If you haven't found out what the heck we're doing, I'll try to run through it. Uh, Twitter, Raise the Roof TV, uh, Instagram, Raise the Roof TV, YouTube, Raise the Roof, TikTok, Raise the Roof TV, website, Raise the Roof TV.com, Twitch, Raise the Roof TV. I think that's everything. I, I'm probably missing one. Uh, In the Tank, another podcast that we have, Aided and Matt are doing that. Do we have Great a stuff going on there. No, we don't have, we don't have a Pinterest <laughs> yet or a MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> we might have a MySpace coming soon. Who knows? But and then for this pod, yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that for us, raise the roof TV at gmail.com. Make sure you email us. Uh, we'll be answering those and we'll make sure to get back to you guys as soon as possible. And for this podcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure to uh, subscribe, leave us a rating, uh, share this with your friends, all that good stuff. So from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. One breath, raise up. <laughs>